the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Grace and peace to you, and welcome to Reaching for Real Life Radio with Sean Azaro, the senior pastor of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas. A church that exists to help people like you find the real life you were created for and find it to the full. That's what Jesus promised in John 10.10. And today we continue in a series on the book of 1 Corinthians, where Paul speaks to the theme of unity within the local church. So... What are you reading and watching and thinking about? Or who is influencing your thoughts? Pastor Sean is going to share some ideas with you that include a gift for you that will improve the way you relate to others, think about yourself, and fully live a real life with God. ReachingForRealLife.org has this full message, sermon notes, and series available for free. But if you feel led to bless this listener-supported radio ministry, then please do. There's a place to give at ReachingForRealLife.org. Today is part two of the message called Mind Over Matter. Pastor Sean is teaching from 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and John 17. It's time for Reaching for Real Life Radio. I want to begin reading at verse 14, John 17, verse 14. Jesus says to his father, I have given them your word and the world has hated them because they're not of this world. Take note note of that. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not ask you to take them out of the world but that you keep them from the evil one, the enemy of our souls. Verse 16, they are not of the world just as I am not of the world. And 17, sanctify them in truth. In other words, set them apart in the truth. And he then cuts to the chase. Your word is truth, Father. Verse 18, as you sent me into the world, so I've sent them into the world. And for their sake, I consecrate myself that they may also be sanctified set apart in truth but one thing we need to just stop and deal with right now jesus says in the same way that he's not of this world we are not of this world i'm not asking you to remove them from the world yes we live in this world we're we're born in this world we're a part of this world but to understand who we are in christ to understand what the holy spirit does there is a different origin in where our spirit was birthed There is a different destination to where our spirit is leading us. You know, in Hebrews chapter 11, it refers to us as as strangers and exiles in this world. I am not of this world. And this is a tough one because you're like, well, I kind of like this world. Things are going good for me here. Others of you are like, yeah, get me out. Mm." But you might be here and go, I got it kind of good. And I'm, what do you mean I'm not of this world? Jesus was trying to communicate that we are of another world. And and, in Hebrews 11 again, he says, the writer says, another country or another citizenship, the kingdom of God. See, not only am I not of this world, I have a different understanding of truth. I understand that his word is truth, and truth is something that I've been set apart into. And that right away, that alone will set you apart in this world that we live in because the idea of truth... The idea of there being objective truth that we're going to try to understand. Yeah, no, there's your truth, there's my truth, there's their truth. There's my truth today, there's my truth tomorrow. 
Truth is very flexible in kind of our contemporary context. And yet it's not in reality. We understand that. Truth exists regardless of our opinions. And truth is real. And what Jesus just said is that he gave us the truth. He sanctified us in the truth. That means not just kind of information, but he set us apart as people who are committed to the truth. His word is truth. That's what the scripture says. So I'm not of this world. We have been sanctified in truth. His word is truth. And then he says, I've sent them into the world to be a light of his truth. So our function as followers of Jesus Christ is to live this, not of this world, sanctified in his truth, life as a light in the world around us. Our presence should be noticeable. Our presence should change the, you know, when Jesus talked in the, in the Sermon on the Mount, he used the phrase salt and light. We should change the flavor of the surrounding area. We should change the, the illumination just by our presence and by how we interact and how we treat people and how we love God and how we we raise our families and the decisions we make, how we respond to pandemics, how we respond to injustice in the world. All those things, there should be something about Jesus' people that is different. We're not just like the world. If we find ourselves going along with everybody else all the time and whatever the world says, hey, this is what you should be about, if we're always running after that and doing that, something's wrong. That's a sign something's messed up. If we find ourselves running to please the world, we are not running to please God. And those, just know, those two things are almost always going to lead us in opposite directions. We are to be a light in this world. Now, I think one thing that we have to understand, don't expect unbelievers around you and let me get more specific. Friends, family, co-workers, don't expect them to understand and applaud when you follow Jesus. When you seriously and intentionally and obediently and radically follow Jesus, don't expect the world around you to applaud. Because you know why? They don't get it. In fact, remember what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 2? He said, they can't. The natural man, not only does he not He cannot understand because it's spiritually discerned. Listen to this. You are listening to a voice that they can't hear. By most definitions, we call that crazy. (laughs) So don't blame your family members when you say, man, I prayed and I believe God told me to do this and it's the exact opposite of what they think you should do. Here's the, you want a kicker? I pray, I know what God says to me to do. It's the exact opposite thing of, of what I think I should do. It's not just them. They're not the only ones who think I'm crazy. I think I'm crazy. Like, Lord, but come on, this is so much more sense. I should do this. Come on. Everybody says I should do it. God, come on. Common sense. He goes, yeah, common sense is great. But understand it's common. And following the Spirit is uncommon. And I'm going to do something miraculous. I'm going to do something powerful. And I'm going to ask you to do something that will not make sense to the flesh, to the natural man. And by the way, each of us has a flesh and we have a spirit. We have a natural man in us saying, that sounds crazy, Jesus. And the question is, will we surrender to his will or will we listen to our own impulses of the flesh and follow? I I talk about it all the time. I talk about the little forks in the road we come to. I'm either going to listen to the spirit and follow the spirit and experience the fruit the spirit brings or I'm going to listen to the flesh. And I get them hundreds of times a day, a week. 
Don't expect them to understand. You are listening to a voice, following a voice they can't hear. We see things that they can't see. Another sign of crazy. We see spiritual dynamics. We see the hand of God moving. They see coincidence. We see answers to prayer. Don't, you know, I I know it's not fun, okay? I've had some wonderful people in my life think I'm crazy. And they're usually polite enough to do it behind my back, but it always got back around to me. Because they cared enough to make sure I heard about it. I see things that they don't see because of the Spirit. I'm following a voice that they can't hear because of the Spirit. And then I'm doing things that they wouldn't do, and like I said, I wouldn't necessarily do because of the Spirit. Don't expect them to understand. Give them a break. I see everything differently. See, I see world events differently. Lord, help me, because man, every once in a while, I, not every once in a while, every single day I fight between these two. It's like, it's not just social media. Reading the newspaper or reading a website is hard right now. Because I go to my flesh so fast. Because folks, what you see happening to our nation and the media is fanning these flames as fast as they can because they are front and center. And they're making a lot of money on this. But what I see developing looks like a civil war. The unthinkable, horrible stuff. And what I want to do every single day is when I read that news, I hear that story, I watch that report, I want to see it through the eyes of Jesus. I want to see the world differently. Everybody sees that news and gets mad, one way or the other, right? I want to see that news and have compassion. I want to see that news and get mad at the right things, not at the wrong things. I think sometimes we get mad at the wrong things. I want to have the right kind of indignation, the kind that Jesus has. I want to have the right kind of compassion, the kind that Jesus has. I want to have the right kind of vision for what, how we can play a role, how we can be a game changer, how the church can change the temperature in the room, how we can be that light to a dark and a broken world. That's what I want to see when I read the news, not what my flesh starts to feel. And see, that's what the mind of Christ does. I see world events differently. I see my world events differently. I want to see the things that happen in my family through the eyes of Jesus. I want to see the things that happen at my work, my business, my team, differently because I see it through the eyes of Jesus, my kids' lives. I want to see through the eyes of Jesus, and that changes everything. You've been given the mind of Christ. Let's start using it. And this is where we take a quick minute to remind you you're listening to Reaching for Real Life Radio with Pastor Sean Azaro, a listener-supported ministry of River City Community Church in this message called Mind Over Matter, the series on unity called One, which is available right now on the sermon page at reachingforreallife.org. And while you're there, if you've been blessed by this teaching, your gift of any amount helps this radio ministry continue to help others. Just find the Donate tab at reachingforreallife.org. In fact, your gift of any amount right now will get you the latest book from Pastor Sean Azar. 
302 Books, a division of Salem Media Group, presents A Pilgrim's Guide to the Spirit-Filled Life, Rediscovering the Gift of the Spirit, authored by Sean Azaro, pastor of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas. Growing up in and around Pentecostal churches, I really learned to appreciate the role of the Spirit in the life of the believer, but I also saw what I considered to be imbalance and excess in some of our churches when it came to how we taught about the infilling. Now available at Amazon.com, Sean Azaro shares his most requested teaching and radio broadcast series in a devotional form, encouraging you to embrace the Spirit-filled life. I wrote in a devotional style to encourage readers to examine the Scripture with fresh eyes and make room for the Lord to speak about the role of the Spirit in our lives. The goal of the whole book is to simply make you hungry for more of the Spirit. Order your copy of A Pilgrim's Guide to the Spirit-Filled Life by Sean Azaro today at Amazon or reachingforreallife.org. And now the conclusion to the message, Mind Over Matter. This is Reaching for Real Life Radio. Second thing, the mind of Christ changes how I pray. Not only does it change how I see the world, but it changes how I pray for the world. I actually talked about this particular passage in A Pilgrim's Guide to the Spirit-Filled Life, this 1 Corinthians 2 passage. Let me read a section to you. I think that'd be a little more concise than just talking about it. The passage again, the spiritual person judges all things, but is himself to be judged by no one. For who has understood the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. And then these are some of my comments. Stop and consider the gift that this passage lays on our laps. The word declares that by the spirit, we have the actual mind of Christ. This whole section is on spirit-filled prayer. More than anything else, this will radically transform our prayer life. Imagine what could happen as we walk through our days and begin to pray with the mind of Christ instead of just the mind of me. Rather than simply praying what I want, I begin to pray the thoughts and desires of Jesus. My prayers are infused with a different insight and authority. The next time you see people with problems at work, instead of just saying, God, fix them, or have them do what I think they should do, Ask this, Jesus, what is your heart for them? Give me your mind as I pray. Show me your desire and help me to pray according to your plan. If you're a parent, imagine praying the mind of Christ for your kids. I think we assume we always know what is best for our children. But what if we don't? We don't know what the future holds, but he does. What if we prayed, Lord, what is your future desire? What is your desire for my children? Reveal your heart for their future. Then, as he does, pray according to his will. Those are powerful prayers that change the world. Praying in the Spirit moves me beyond praying for what I want to praying for what he wants. See, the mind of Christ changes how I pray. And and this is something that we have to understand. He is with us every single day, right? The mind of Christ isn't like we go to, you know, Jesus University, and then we get a diploma in the mind of Christ, and then, okay, and then we try to remember as best we can. No, the point is we're filled with his spirit, the very spirit that filled Jesus, the spirit of God, the Holy Spirit is in us. So he's with us every day. That means I can at any time, at any moment of any day, just stop and say, Lord, what are you seeing here? What is your mind for this? I can pray, Lord, give wisdom in this situation. Your wisdom, help me to hear you. Lord, I pray for your heart for this situation. See, the mind of Christ changes how I pray. I had a very difficult phone conversation I had to have a few days ago. 
And right before I went on, it was just, I just, as I was getting ready to die, I said, Lord, help me to hear you. Help us to hear you. Let this be filled with your spirit. And you know what? He did it. He did it. When you stop and think about that. I mean, he is with us all the time, every day. That's how we have the mind of Christ. We don't, we don't have to ignore him. We don't have to leave him in the prayer closet with our Bible and our notebook. You know, I think sometimes that's what we do. Well, this is my prayer time, and now that will shape the way I go about my day and all the decisions I make. No, that's wonderful. You've got to have that prayer time. But now, the Scripture says pray continually because I have the mind of Christ. So I can talk to him throughout my day. And as something starts to get weird in an encounter with someone, and I start to feel a little bit of anger, start to bow up a little bit, I have the ability to catch myself and say, Jesus, let me see this through your eyes. I don't have to give in. I don't have to give in to the natural man or the flesh. It changes how I pray because he is with me always, the mind of Christ. One important key to this is learning to listen. And that's a, that's a lifetime journey of the Spirit, learning to hear his voice. Ask him. Lord, speak to me about this. Help me to hear you. Help me to understand. You know, we talk about WWJD, what would Jesus do? How about what would Jesus pray? What would Jesus pray? Here's a hint. He told us in Matthew chapter 6 in the Lord's Prayer. Okay? But I don't think the Lord's Prayer is necessarily just something we're supposed to memorize and pray by rote. I think he is teaching us an attitude and an approach and kind of the things that God would have us pray for. One of those lines was just... And we can pray this in any situation. Father, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we can change. It's okay. Jesus doesn't mind if we change the words. Some of you are like, oh, yes, he does. Mm, go to hell for changing them words. I, I, don't, I, I think we're okay here. Lord, your kingdom come, your will be done in this encounter I'm about to have, this conversation. In this project that we're working on, Lord, your kingdom come, your will be done. In our marriage, in this marriage, in this home, in this business, God, your kingdom come, your will be done. Earth is pretty big. Okay? We can get specific. And I think there's something very powerful when we do that. See, the mind of Christ changes how I pray. What would Jesus pray? Ask him. He'll tell you. We have been given the mind of Christ. Let's start using it. Let's start living in that. Third thing, pretty obvious, but needs to be said, the mind of Christ changes what I do. It changes what I do. Remember verse 7 and 8, he said specifically, he said, none of the rulers of this age understood this, for if they had, they wouldn't have crucified the Lord. First thing with the mind of Christ, you probably wouldn't have crucified Jesus. It changes what I do you will be doing very different things as you begin to walk with the mind of Christ. You really will. Obedience. You'll understand the will of God. His word makes so many things clear. His spirit leads. And when we walk in obedience, and and let me just say, this is such an important key. So much of our depth and our understanding that he talked about is reserved for those who obey. The secret, the mystery, is often revealed when we obey. There's people who've studied the Bible their whole lives and they go, I, I just don't get it. and Nothing's changed for me. Nothing's, and, and there's such a limited surface understanding of the truth. 
It's because there's a whole new understanding, a depth, and a reality that happens when you actually do what the Word of God says. When you actually take a step of obedience and do it, all of a sudden a whole new thing opens up to you. So much of that depth and that understanding, that wisdom, and the vision, and the discernment, and the power happens as we walk in obedience. Because a lot of times, God just says step. And I'm like, why, God? Because I said so. And understand, God's not afraid of why. He's actually into that question. But he often, like a good parent, says, take a step, obey, and then you'll understand. And then I'll reveal it all. It's like, oh, and I begin to see it in a different light. See, the mind of Christ changes what I do. A major way that it changes what we do is we become more like him. Look at Mark 10, 44 and 45. It says, whoever would be first among you must be a slave of all. And look what he says. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. See, my life is not my own. The mind of Christ reminds me that, oh, I'm a follower of Jesus and he has an amazing path, an amazing journey for me as I follow him in obedience. Yes, there will be hardships. Yes, there will be difficulties, but he'll always be with me. And I see my life differently. It's not mine to do what I want. He's not one little compartment of my life. Fit him in where I can. No, the mind of Christ reminds me he is God. And I'm his follower. And I'm a servant. And so I want to be a servant of Jesus. And a servant of people in his name. See, you've been given the mind of Christ. Start using it. Last thing, and this is so important. And I want us just to kind of process this a little bit. The mind of Christ must be cultivated daily. See, the mind of Christ must be cultivated daily. Remember what verse 14 said about the natural man who does not discern things that the Spirit is not able to? Just because we become followers of Jesus, we've been filled with the Spirit, doesn't mean that natural part of us, that flesh, is gone. Until we leave this earth, we will wrestle with that. And so the mind of Christ has to be cultivated daily because I'm surrounded and bombarded with the mind of the world. And because the mind of Christ is so counter, so against the grain of the conventional thinking of the world around us, it must be developed and cultivated. So just as we kind of wrap up in just a moment, get your little communion cups ready, right? Your COVID communion cups. If you don't have one, you can go get one over there. If you didn't get one coming in, they're at the door there. And remember, I just do the little tutorial because it took me like three weeks to figure it out. There's a little cellophane thing on top. That little white part is the actual wafer, okay? And then the juice is beneath. So, all right, fine. Enough of that. Three questions as you process, as we prepare, you know. Cultivating the mind of Christ. What are you reading these days? What are you reading? And, you know, if you go, well, I'm not much of a reader. No excuses. There's audiobooks, Okay. What are you reading? It all begins with the Word of God. You want to know what Jesus is saying? Learn what He did say. And be a person of the Word. But also, what kind of things are you reading to grow and to cultivate the mind of Christ? What authors who are godly and Christ-centered, who've walked places maybe you haven't walked yet, are you reading? Reading is a powerful and important part of growing in the person, into the person who God created us to be. Who are you hanging out with? Who influences you? I hope you are influencing people, but who influences you? 
That's why things like group launch matter. You need a group of believers around you. But also as you choose mentors, it's like, well, I have my business mentor. and That's great, but understand something. As a follower of Jesus, you will do business completely different from someone who's not following Jesus. And one will yield eternal fruit, good fruit in your family, in your life, in your relationships. The other may not. The other may yield a good bottom line or even some good fruit in some areas, but it's not the same. It's not the mind of Christ. Make sure you're surrounded by people. That's why being in a group is so important. Be surrounded by people who cultivate and help you develop the mind of Christ. And the third thing, what are you doing? What are you doing? Because I, I, I really believe that. I believe something happens when we walk in obedience. I think when we just go, just the simple act saying, okay, I think Jesus would have me help serve somewhere. And just going and doing that, all of a sudden, you begin to see things you didn't see before. If you would honestly say, in a self-assessment, that, yeah, I've kind of been a bit of a consumer. I come to church, I, I take it in, it's cool, I, you know, and I pay my tithe, I support, it's great. But as far as my actual time spent, I'm not, I don't do a whole lot. I would encourage you. What you do shapes who you are. And the mind of Christ changes what you do. Find ways to be the hands and feet of Jesus and see if all of a sudden some of this stuff that maybe you didn't understand as fully, you begin to like have your eyes open. Oh, I see it. And I wasn't just reading about Jesus, which is good. I'm actually following Jesus. I'm actually walking in the path of Jesus. And now some of these things he said have taken on new meaning, new shades, and new life. You've been given the mind of Christ. Let's start using it. That's Pastor Sean Azaro. You've been listening to Reaching for Real Life Radio. If you'd like to hear this full message in the series called One, it's available right now on demand at reachingforreallife.org. And we'd also love to hear from you on our contact us page, or even better, your financial gift helps this radio ministry continue on the Donate tab at reachingforreallife.org. But of course, you're invited to visit and join us at River City Community Church, located on Lookout Road right behind Rotama Park, right next to the Real Life Amphitheater. If you'd like to call the church, the number is 210-490-5262. As Reaching for Real Life Radio is a service of River City Community Church. We hope you join us again next time as you travel the road to real life. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.